This is back to the old days of sharing a mic. Correct. Because we're doing this in a pinch. <laughs> this It's currently 11.40 p.m. on the East Coast. And what you need to understand is Beth Ann and I both go to bed at 9 p.m. on a good night. Correct. I mean, I put on makeup at 10 p.m. This was a special occasion, folks. I don't do that for everybody, okay? We're going to be zombies tomorrow, but it was worth it because we have something extremely special for you guys on this non-Friday episode of She Will Rock You. We have Luke fucking Spiller. Frontman extraordinaire of The Struts. And I'm just going to tell you all, this is one of the best moments of my life. And I'm not even a hardcore Struts listener. I like the Struts. I think they're awesome and I respect them and they respect the Shutter community. But this was incredible. Yeah, I, we won't we won't ramble on about how great it was. We're just going to let you listen to it. Um, but for the sake of intro purposes, I'm Leah. And I'm Bethann. And this is She Will Rock You. Hello. Hi. Oh, I cannot hear. How are you? Let me see if I can. I'm good. I'm good. Good. Oh, can you hear me all right? Yes. Yes. Brilliant. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us. This is incredible. We're so excited. (laughs) Beth Ann's had a little rant about the struts on more than one occasion. So (laughs) worth it. (laughs) <laughs> nice. Um, before we get started, for those who are new to this stream, which is probably most of you, I am Leah. And I'm Beth Ann. And this is She Will You. Um, and we are joined by special guest Luke Spiller of The Struts, um, <laughs> my favorite band. And how are you doing, Luke? How's quarantine? Going great. Getting Not too bad. Getting some much needed rest. Yeah, looks like I'm going to be in hibernation for, you know, a solid year. So. Oh wow. Oh, it's feeling good. But I'm feeling good about it. You know, it's a good time to focus on the future and um, and sort of like plan for some big steps. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you guys haven't had a break in a long time, so. Yeah, that's the thing. Um, a lot of people have been saying, like, you know, do you miss getting stuff? Um, at the moment, I'm not kind of, like, craving craving too much to, to get back out. Um, but I probably will, like, in a couple of months, you know. But there's enough to sort of, like, keep me busy and, and um, tied up, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, so I may be a little biased, but no other band is, is giving back to their fans the way that you guys have been during this isolation time. One thing you guys have been doing is Sunday service. How did that come up? <laughs> what idea was that? Um, well, you know, we all, all kind of like put our heads together and were like, you know, what are we going to do? And it became pretty clear that we wouldn't be able to do sort of like shows anytime soon. Mm-hmm. So we were like, oh, you know, what is there to do, really? Um, there was a lot of ideas floating around. And then we we came to the conclusion of, like, 
you know, we have a lot of kind of um, back footage of things that we haven't really known, <clears throat> excuse me, what to do. Like the concert at the Wilton and, you know, all these other kind of different things as well, which were just kind of either were put out, but didn't really get like the exposure they kind of deserved or things that nobody had seen before. So it was kind of like a unique moment to be a little bit creative and, and sort of think, you know, what else can we do? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, where credit's due, you know, the rest of the guys have really kind of been shining um, in, in the Sunday service department, as I'm sure like you will agree. I mean, I don't watch them because uh, we get like a preview before they come out, like on the Thursday or Friday, depending on how quickly everyone submits their things. And I don't watch them until they come out or maybe a day or so afterwards. And, um, yeah, some of the guys' skits have been really funny, like, you know, Adam doing the eggs and scrambled eggs and, you know, the uh, the quick fire questions and and stuff like that. So honestly, I really haven't had huge amount sort of like going into it. Me personally, you know, I guess I'm just quite thankful that, you know, for the most part, you know, like last, last week's episode, um, you know, there was that unplugged moment of, uh, doing one night only on the piano and, which is amazing. And then like, thank you very much. Yeah. I loved it as well. That thing took me like, I had to do it in one one take. Wow. Wow. And I God, I did it about, I think that was like the ninth time in a row. I would get like three quarters of the way through the song and then just hit a fucking bum note like on the piano. I'd be like, oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> Start again. Start again. But it was cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, they, they've really been doing most of the work. I've just sort of been sitting pretty and just... You know, I did. I did all the other work. You know, previously with the with the footage and things like that. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Who edits them? I saw that question pop up on the bottom here. Uh, I think I think it's our management team that do it. Nice. They're really fun. Like, they the, are the so well edited and fun to watch. Yeah, they are. They're, they're good. They're good. So, yeah. D- again, don't thank me. I have nothing to do with it. You know, I'm just sort of like. I just press play like everyone else on Sunday. <laughs> well, pass the word on to your team. It's so well done. Thank you, Struts Management. Yes. Um, so you said you're not missing being on tour, even though you've been on tour for forever. Yeah. I mean, I, okay, like, I miss connecting with the fans, and I miss the kind of, like, adventure aspect to it. Mm-hmm. I don't miss like the traveling, the general fatigue, um, just everything that kind of comes with it. You know, it's like, it's like anything in life. Touring is a double-edged sword. It's like in order to sort of experience what we do, we also have to sacrifice an awful lot in order to do that. You know, whether that's being away from friends and family a lot or just sort of just constantly being on the move, which, you know, at times is great. Um, but I'm a big believer that everything happens for a reason. I think, you know, I'm fully aware that this is a really difficult time for a lot of people, musicians included. Um, but it's also like another great opportunity, like I said at the start, just to kind of, 
everyone's been forced to kind of um, be stopped dead in their tracks and sort of think like, hmm, okay, what am I doing? Am I doing it good enough? What have I, what have I been doing? Could I be doing this better? Mm-hmm. Um, where do I want to go? You know, all these kind of questions that, to be honest, you know, you'll be surprised that when you are touring as much as we have, it's, it's kind of hard to sit back sometimes and let everything soak in. Mm-hmm. And and even sometimes even appreciate it. Um, so it's good to actually sort of think, wow, like you know, for the first time in a long time, I've been able to sit back and and think like, wow, look what we've done, you know, what we've look what we've achieved, look what's on the horizon, and yeah, it's just I don't know, it's going to be a very interesting year, especially next year. God, I mean everyone has basically like postponed all of their tours. Some people complete worldwide tours and everything is getting moved to 2021. It's like 2021 is going to be the year of the live gig. There's going to be like an artist in every single fucking venue up and down the country, you know, probably like eight days a week. There's going to be someone great on a bill. So it's, it's going to be a really cool time for, for, for the punters as well, for people who want to get out there and watch it, there's going to be a lot, a lot to take in. Maybe too much. I don't know. It'll be good though. Everyone's deprived now. It's yeah. only been what two months, and everyone's already itching to get back out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, well, that being said, if you know everything could go the way you dreamed in 2021, and you could plan the ideal tour, and logistics didn't matter, what would that look like? I think just, mm, I mean, for me personally, I would just like to do a bunch of our kind of like really big markets, if that makes any sense. Like just doing a boss tour, which is, you know, because, you know, the struts have always been great at sort of tying in loads of, I, I don't want to use the word random but like more kind of like obscure places that not a lot of people play, especially a British band. God. Um, So it might be nice, you know, one day just to sort of like get onto that bus and just hit every single place that we know that is just going to do really, really well. And then just every night just turn up in front of like a really nice, chunky, fat, enthusiastic crowd. But having said that, the last tours that we were doing, especially towards the end of 2019, we still were doing the more obscure places and they still were fucking great. So Yeah, they were. I don't know, you know. I don't know. I think it it's not really where we're playing. It's it's kind of what we're playing and how we're doing it, which really interests me. You know, I'd love some additional musicians to be playing with us, you know, maybe some additional vocalists, just kind of step the production up a bit. Mm-hmm. That would be really cool. Um, but still be able to do what we do and and deliver what people kind of like want and expect, but even better, you know? Yeah. That leads into my next question of how much planning goes into the show before you guys start a tour? Like what's that rehearsal and planning process look like? Um, it really depends, like, depends on 
where we are like within the cycle of like new music um you know like for instance when we had young and dangerous like in the bag and it was getting ready to release you know we started going into rehearsals and trying to build up like a completely new set and funny enough we we really kind of overcooked it and we were like yeah we're going to do this and we're going to do that and we're going to do that and we kind of just forgot like what works and we ended up doing the first show and it just it wasn't a bad show by any means but for a struts gig it was very like like oh god you know like this didn't really work very well and it, it was kind of too much too planned um so sometimes it will be like a week or so of just kind of like thinking like what we're going to do other times it would just be like business as usual and we'll be like let's throw in like this song from the album that we haven't done maybe add in two or three new, new songs to the set but for the most part like a stretch show is just been sort of like the result of like a lot of hard work and a lot of experimentation which you know you should sort of like consider when building a set and um, so that was a learning curve but i'd say on the musicians part maybe a couple of weeks two or three weeks but logistically with like management label tour managers you know that 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 can go from sort of like 6 months out before dates even sort of happened you know you got they got to book the room they got to start planning the room i mean yeah i mean you're looking at like sometimes 6 or 7 or 8 months before before even a note has been played on stage that you know the planning is already going ahead you know and then of course like the set design as well is kind of like within that time frame and maybe a little bit closer but these things take time to build take time to design you know you get it wrong and then you get it right then you tweak it you know it is it is an awful lot of hard work but the band itself with the music is probably the easiest bit everything else takes a lot more time yeah all that hard work definitely shows when you go to one of your shows so thank you <laughs> everyone involved Um what's your favorite part each night of either the set or just things that happen I would say more recently I I really enjoyed the the moment that I get on my own playing somebody new on the piano Mhm It's kind of just living like a childhood fantasy of like of just seeing so many sort of like my idols just having like these moments where they they're, they're kind of one on one with their fans and um everything that kind of comes with that and it's it's the only real moment in the set that i can sort of like sit back i've got the whole stage to myself i can kind of go at my own pace you know there isn't like a music or there isn't music or a tempo i have to sort of like run alongside and sort of keep up with you know which can also be quite demanding so yeah somebody new is great i love sort of just sitting there taking my time like milking it getting all really dramatic and then and then of course as well to hear like you know a whole sort of like hall of people like sing the lyrics and stuff is 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 really special and it's kind of like my moment where i i, I can really bring take the passion up to the next level you know i can imagine it's a little magical feeling <laughs> it's great 
you mentioned that the show is is pretty physically demanding on you. How do you stay motivated to do that all that jumping around every night? <laughs> um gosh, it's just one of those things. It's just one it's just all it's just the way that I've always wanted to to perform. Um but the motivation just I I guess it just comes from the crowd really and then sort of like the idea of um you know i give myself a standard and i want to keep up with it i want to sort of be able to deliver so the only thing i can compare it to like when i'm leading up to a, a tour or something I, i you know i go on a lot of runs like big runs i sort of work up to about like 5 miles sometimes before the tours begin and it's kind of like that mentality it's like every time i feel myself like dragging down a bit or getting a little bit fatigued i just push through it just push through it push through it push through it but yeah i mean gosh the first no matter how much training you do and how much kind of like prep that you do physically nothing can compare to the actual um process of like playing a live show and everything that kind of comes with it whether that's the adrenaline the the general sort of like improvisation it's just you know you can't prepare for that so the first two or three gigs or four gigs actually the first week and now I'm a little bit older the first week like I'm dead like my body hurts like I wake up in the morning and like my back's like killing and <laughs> you know it's like it's funny it's like i'm working on this kind of new new alter ego of like daddy cat and then when i'm doing these shows like the band would just joke around with me cuz like my body's aching they start calling me granddaddy cat <laughs> <laughs> that's going to be memed later i'm going to guarantee that that's going to show up later i bet i bet <laughs> um so again i'm super Stratz fans are pretty much the best people on the face of the planet. Uh how does it make you feel to know how great your fans are because not every fandom is this nice. <laughs> no, no, it's true. It's like it's quite surprising like I I you know I I think I mean let's just you look at the numbers like even like on our socials, you know, we're still like on the up and I still feel like we've got a long way to grow before we get to a place where you know even i personally i'm like yeah we we've we've really arrived and you know I, i think when it comes to the struts fans it's it's quality over quantity it's like you know we're not we're not getting chased down the streets or anything like that but god like if 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 a massive act had like even half of the amount of passion that our fans have they'd be very lucky people you know mhm yeah i'm going to throw in a plug here if you're watching to go to there's a bunch of great people also cuz rich um so your face is unique also in that it spans pretty much all ages do you have a theory as to why why that is a theory um i just think it's down to the music you know i think i think the music really sort of like um 
connect with people and like for the older generation it's like you know they love it because the nostalgia of like the sounds and stuff like that and then like the young kids it's like brand new hold on i'm just gonna put the ac on it's fucking boiling can you see me sweating no i couldn't not <laughs> no no i, I definitely am <laughs> You're sitting here also it's sweating, so even though your house is freezing. For different reasons. <laughs> Whew. Um, All better. It's hot, baby. <laughs> Can you hear it? Can you hear it? A little. Not that yeah, one. you're good. Okay, hold on. One sec. One sec. So I had to stick my head in it. Stick my head in it. I respect that. I'm sorry, I have to ask this. Is that a cat? A tie-dye cat? It is, yes. Fact. <laughs> um, so I assume that the music release plans you guys had set for this year are on hiatus, but you guys did tease two new songs back in January. Uh, Low Key Love and Nobody Does Do. Can you tell us anything about writing those songs story behind um yeah like they were done um me and ads flew over to la it was like the end of 2019 ran about kind of november i think and we spent like i think it was about four weeks in la just like hopping around different studios working with like different producers, just seeing like what could happen. And um, yeah, those two songs in particular just kind of fell out the sky, which was fantastic um, and came really quickly. So nobody does it like you. Adam had like this, this, this chorus idea, which he was like, do what you want, you want, do what you want, and you knew what you want, you know, all this kind of stuff. And we were like, oh, that's that's pretty cool. And then, it, you know, it got, got, got tweaked. I can't exactly remember how much was brought to the table, but I remember the chorus was like at least 60, 60% there. And then, like, the lyric was kind of tweaked. And actually, I remember now there was a lot of thought in the lyric because – it wanted to be the right side of repetition, if that makes any sense, mm -hmm. and have sort of like a nice lyrical cadence. Um, and then the verse just kind of fell out of nowhere. You know, it was kind of like this. I don't know. I don't know how I can describe it. It was like, da -da 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 -da. it was kind of like a Whitney Houston, like, da -da 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 -da. you know, all this kind of stuff. <laughs> and, um, I remember like the lyric in the verse was kind of like based on, um, yeah, it was, it was during the same trip where it was like, we, we were out in, I think it was, fuck, where was it? You can say anywhere. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> no, it was it was somewhere in LA, like like in a kind of cool kind of hipster place, like 
Silver Lake or some shit. Like, I think it was like round around there. And it was just funny. It was just like, I remember speaking to someone at the time who I was talking to and, you know, she would joke about, you know, how a lot of the, um, the American guys, you know, all kind of want to look and dress like British rock stars. And it become kind of like a, a thing, like in those areas, you know, they're all sporting like, you know, these Rod Stewart haircuts and, you know, essentially like they all are, are kind of looking and dying for that kind of British aesthetic. And that kind of like stuck with me and like, you know, it was kind of like the imagery in the verse was really walking into a place going like, ah, everybody here looks like someone I know. <laughs> you know, like, but you were doing it better maybe three years ago. It's like, it's like, it's, it's about being one step ahead of everyone and, and leading a trend rather than following it. Um, and just encouraging someone to do that because no, no one can do it like them, basically. Um, so that was really cool. Mm-hmm. And then Loki in Love, that that again was another like very special track where you know I was I was seeing someone at the time or dating as they say in um, in LA and America, <laughs> um, and like yeah, it was just kind of like there just been loads of kind of these little things that had just happened that. I, you know, I was just kind of constantly just writing down. And I remember the phrase like low key in love. I, I'd sort of written down before coming out to the States for this specific trip. And it was the original sort of idea was very, very different, not as romantic at all. It was kind of like, I think the original one went, um, I, oh, what was it? I can remember it. Give me one sec. Da, 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 da. It was something like, oh, I was, I was something before we met. I thought, oh, sorry, one sec. It's okay. <laughs> oh, this was it. This was it. I walked up into your flat. I thought we fuck, and that was that. <laughs> um, you know, I all I wanted was a little bit of love and affection, but oh, then it went like, but now I find that I want more. It turns out you're pretty cool, but I'm not sure. You know. And then it was just basically like, it was just basically someone who was just like falling in love with someone, but not wanting to, mm-hmm. you know, just sort of like coming in for casual and then it ended up getting deeper. And then, and then it went, cause I'm low key and love, blah, 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 blah. Anyway, but that kind of just didn't really go anywhere. And like the, the, the thing that I was playing with melodically just didn't really work. It was just too like show tuny, you know? Mm-hmm. And then, and then, yeah, like we started doing these sessions and the day before we went to the studio, we had the day off 
and I was just listening to this specific song that had like a really good groove that, you know, Adam had always said like, you know, we should do something like this. And so I just had it in the background. And then while it was playing in the background, I just started writing, you know, these, these lyrics that were kind of, you know, based on the person I was kind of seeing at the time. And then, um, yeah, it was just like a cool magic moment. I had like, all of these things I had like, I think it was like four verses written and like a bunch of like other stuff didn't have like a full chorus yet came in and then bang, like the chorus just fell out of the sky and it was like, Ooh, here we go. It was like, right. What you got for a verse? And I was like, how much fucking time you've got? I've got four verses. Like, let's go, let's go. <laughs> so yeah, that song was ri- written probably in about four hours, if that, wow. it was, it was like amazing. And then I remember just me and Adam and a guy called Nick Long and a producer called Tommy English just sort of sat there just being like, wow, like proper sucking each other off. Just like, wow, we're amazing. Listen to how good this song is. You know, <laughs> this is going to be the biggest hit ever. So yeah, that's how that was done. That's amazing. They're both fantastic. I can't wait until they're released, you know, not in bootleg. Thank you. The California show. <laughs> um, on that note, what's your lyric you've ever Say again? What's your favorite lyric that you've ever written? Um, there's a few. So there's a bunch of new stuff, which is like, I think I've really done some really cool things, which I'm super proud of. Um, I'd say from something that everyone's heard (laughs) would be like, I'll fly privately, bon voyage economy. Like just that line I think is great. It is great. Um, More recently, there's there's a line in a song which says like um, turning into creatures of the night that play among the sheets like Marilyn Monroe in the presidential suite just like Elvis Presley's gun I'll hold you like a queen king squeeze upon your trigger babe so I can hear you scream that's kind of cool I can um, that goes there the list goes on awesome when you're writing, do you guys think about the live performance aspect at that at that point, or does that come later? No, not really. Not not really, because that, you know, that tends to kind of box you in a bit. Um, and if we did, it would be completely different. Mm-hmm. We normally just go for what sounds the best. You know, even with the keys of the song, it's like, you know, there's there's like quite a few songs in the set that I won't sing in the original key for reasons which are kind of like obvious, like one, you know, we're doing like an hour and 40 and then like, we're also playing like sometimes four shows in a row, sometimes five. And um, yeah, you've got to kind of like be conscious that you don't want to, well, I don't want to like blow my voice out. So I've got to try and make it as easy on me as possible. So that is like kind of one thing. And then, and then as well, it's kind of like, you know, 
we wouldn't we would only have one guitar playing in the song you know which kind of would suck um it's kind of fun trying to work out like what how we're going to do it live you know it kind of makes it cool mm -hmm. yeah i have one last question before we go into our our traditional lightning round um that question is, what's one question you wanted to be asked you one question that doesn't get asked um gosh I get asked a lot of questions so god you really kind of I'm not sure you know I'm not sure I kind of I literally I've had all sorts of interviews I've had interviews where it's super serious I've had interviews where you know I've been asked like when was the last time I had sex or like you know what's my favorite fucking color um <laughs> is that one of the questions on your lightning round how do you say that well now we got cross out from <laughs> all right we'll, we'll be okay i'm joking i'm joking uh, but i don't know i don't know it's kind of like i don't know i'm not sure not off the top of my head i, I wouldn't be able to pinpoint one good to know that's okay um so we do always end our interviews with the lightning round Yours is a little bit different, though. <clears throat> I don't know why my voice is cracking. So there's this on YouTube years ago where they asked you and the band a bunch of just random questions. So I thought it'd be fun to update those answers a little bit and ask you the same questions. But, but, right. The first question on the list is, if you weren't a music, what would you be? If I wasn't into music, what would I be? Um... Right now, I would probably, I'd be in, I'd be in musical theatre. Nice. Great answer. Good answer. Favorite band? Queen. Good choice. Uh, your pet hate or pet peeve, right? Uh, my pet hate. People not knowing who I am. Yeah, come on. <laughs> <laughs> um, favorite place to go on holiday? Uh, Hawaii. Nice. Uh, biggest diva in the band? Me. That's never going to change. <laughs> Best looking in the band? Me, of course. Look, you, you know all these answers already. Minus. I mean, come on. <laughs> um, weirdest habit. Weirdest habit. Uh, I, I bite my nails, but um, yeah, just I, I, that's not weird, though, is it? No. You know, that's kind of like no. Um, I mean, it's kind of strange, but not really. It's like. I wake up in the morning, I probably have like six, six coffees in a row and like probably 11 cigarettes, right? And sometimes I just get so impatient, I don't want too much of a caffeine hit. So I'll kind of like drink my coffee like three quarters of the way down, just add boiling water to it, bang, there we go. Kind of like a duck, I'll drink like three cups of diluted coffee and then make a fresh one, you know? That's kind of weird. Really cool. That is weird. That that counts. <laughs> 
Who's the most crazy at a party out of all of the band? <laughs> I mean, I don't know about crazy, but I'm probably the most irresponsible. <laughs> that counts. Um, if there, you know, I mean, yeah. Oh, you're good. Um, if there was a fire, what would you? What would I grab? My motorbike. No. Nice. Good choice. Um, what are you most scared of? I, I'm not scared of anything. I respect that. Uh, worst date you've ever been on? The worst one. <laughs> <laughs> I once went on a. I once went on this random date, and. Uh, yeah, it turned out she was pretty fucking racist. Oh, no. That was pretty bad. So, yeah. Finish the date or did you just leave in the middle of the date? Oh, no, you know, I mean, I won't go too much into that, but let's just say, like, <laughs> I shut that mouth of hers. <laughs> good, good. On the flip side, what's the best date? <laughs> um... The best dates. I can't. I can't really remember. That's not good. <laughs> I can't. I've had some amazingly awkward dates. You know, they're always fun. You know. Those could count. <laughs> um, your favorite item of clothing to wear on stage. Um. A good one of you know, like I love everything that Ray Brown does. You know, I don't want to upset him, <laughs> um, but it's not one of those. It's kind of like if I went every now and then I sort of come across like a really fantastic like sequin top that hasn't been tailor made for me, but just like you know fits just really well, and it just like I feel great in it. Like you know, they're kind of hard to come by. But when, when I do get them, you know, they're brilliant. Awesome. Weirdest thing a fan has ever said to you? <laughs> um, I... I'm scared of this answer now. It's all, it's all so sexual, you know what I mean? Like, I, like that's the problem. <laughs> I mean, okay, let, let's take let's take the smuttiness out of it. Um, PG-13. Yeah, okay, so I've definitely had, like, I've had, like, Prima Donna pants, like, given to me. I've had, like... I mean, it's not so much what people say, it's, like, what they do. Like, yeah, for instance, like, there was this one moment, right, where I ran to the tour bus. I was in a good mood, and, like, I flashed my bum, okay? And I go to the meet and greet the next day, and there's these fucking badges with my ass on it, I'm like, you know, so it's not what they said. It's kind of what they do. It's, it's more strange, you know? 
<laughs> they do it out of love. There you go. <laughs> um, describe the band in three words. Um, volcanic, electrifying. And progressive. Nice. Great words. Yeah, good choices. Okay, the very last question had nothing to do with your interview, but this is something that we have enjoyed asking people. It's our signature question. It is our signature question. So if you were a cereal, what and Okay, so I would be... See, firstly, I have to say I'm a big fan of cereal, you know, I smoke weed. I, I love cereal. <laughs> you know. Um, so, so I I had years ago. Um, I had this girlfriend, and the her brother introduced me to this, and so it's this. There's this very special milk in the UK called Gold Top Jersey Milk, right? Which is made by these golden Jersey cows. And they have like a very natural, like thick milk, okay? So when you when you get, so in the UK, you call it Gold Top Jersey Milk, okay? And it cut, it's really, it's quite dear for, for milk, but it comes in bottles like this. Mm-hmm. And it has about this much on the top of just sort of like cream, like this, this, how it just floats to the top. It's just like, it's like full fat times 10, right? <laughs> and then he would, he would have like these golden puff, like nugget things, you know, like a cereal. I don't know what I would describe it with or to anything in the US. It's kind of like a golden puff. Like uh, we called them um, golden nuggets in the UK. But they were like this specific brand. I think it was like it was. I think it was a supermarket brand. But they just they were so much better than the Golden Nugget brand. And yeah, he just like bang, like pour it in. It was just like the best. And then like yeah, I quickly started catching on. So I would be Golden Nuggets in Jersey Gold Top milk smothered in it. You know, a lot of gold. Yeah, that makes sense. That is the yeah, which is gold. <laughs> Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining yeah. us tonight. This was this was such a fun interview. Incredible. Thank you for having me. Honestly, it means it means a lot. It means a lot. Yeah, absolutely. You guys are incredible and so nice to do stuff for the fans like this. Yeah. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate it. And keep doing what you're doing. It sounds great. Awesome. Well, thank you everyone for tuning in. I think this is a wrap. Yeah. Y'all have a good yeah, thank you, everyone. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, if this is your first time listening to our podcast, we'd love it if you subscribe. Wherever you're listening to this, we're on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, you can leave us a review. Let us know what you thought about Luke's interview. We thought it was pretty great. I want to give a special shout out to Josh Tarpley for our intro riff. Thank you, Blake, at Backline slash Speaker Tree for all that you did to help us promote this live stream. Um, be sure to like us on Facebook or follow us on Instagram at She Will Rock You Podcast. We're on Twitter. That's at She Will Rock the Letter U Pod. You can follow us on Instagram individually at Beth Ann Tarpley and at Leah Elizabeth J. 
did, if you liked this and you have a lot of great comments, you can send us an email at shewillrockyoupodcast at gmail.com. And as always, don't do drugs. Don't do drugs, but make sure you eat cereal and smoke weed. If you do choose to smoke weed, eat some cereal after. Correct. Right.